Snapping to Slim Jims and listening to the Sean Geek Podcast, which I download off of SeanMcGinnity.ca. That's the Sean Geek Podcast, downloaded off of SeanMcGinnity.ca, brother. Oh, yeah. Good evening. Oh, hold on. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't have you plugged in. Okay. There we go. Good evening. <laughs> did I get, uh, who did I get here? What's that? It sounds like I have uh, Count Count Floyd. Count Floyd, yeah. It's Count Floyd. <laughs> it's Count Floyd, though. One. One. <laughs> Okay. Well, <laughs> 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 no, that's the other count. The other count, yeah. Or, or does he do the same thing? Um, I think so. I think he did the same thing. I can't remember now. Yeah. Hmm. So, um, so my sunglasses on. <laughs> cheap sunglasses. Uh, cheap, yeah. Well, yeah, ten dollars sunglasses. So, yes, cheap sunglasses. Um, we just, uh, came back from Ikea. Okay. And, uh, I don't know. Like, I don't go out as much as like you do, or well, obviously not as much as you do. And definitely not as much as Sylvia goes out. So I was, uh, I was there and I was just reading all the protocols they had everywhere. And, oh yeah. And, um, and I was, I was watching the crowd and I was just seeing how people reacted. So probably half the people, no, less than half the people had masks on. Right. And uh, for those listening, uh, masks are definitely not mandatory in Manitoba where we are. Right. Because our number of cases is like one of the lowest in, well, in North America for sure. Mm-hmm. If, you know, if if not, you know, certain parts of the world, it's, it's very, very low here. Right. <clears throat> so... <clears throat> they've actually rec- recommended, not recommended, but they say masks are not mandatory. Just please maintain a, you know, distance between people. So they're not enforcing masks here or anything. So some people wear them, some people don't. Some people just want to feel comfortable. Right. Um, the, the the risk of, of spread is, I guess, you know, the, the less cases you have, the less the risk of spread. True. So <clears throat> as I'm there, I'm, I'm starting to feel uncomfortable, I guess. Because it, it's fairly busy. I mean, and the, the like, you know, kudos to the IKEA staff. They're doing everything they're supposed to be doing and, you know, going the extra mile and all that. And, and that's cool. But I was kind of feeling claustrophobic is the word. But just people were getting close. And I'm like, don't get close to me. And <laughs> I feel, and maybe I'm wrong. Like, I, I, maybe I'm interpreting this wrong, but... I get the feeling that people like, okay, you know what? I have a mask on. So therefore I'm 100% immune to catching anything. They have that mentality. So, you know, they're getting close to everything. They're touching everything, right? you know, and then they're adjusting their mask over and over and over again. So basically <laughs> touching their face. Right. And the the main rule in Manitoba anyway is social distance. That's the number one rule. Everyone needs to follow it. Uh, the stores have, you know, um, signs on the, on the floor, you know, you stand here and the other person has to stand here. Like there's little circles on the floor telling you where to stand. There's arrows telling you which way to go. You know, that is the number one rule of Manitoba. Like right. keep your distance. Exactly. It's not masks. It's just keep your distance. So, but people are like, well, I have a mask, so I don't have to keep my distance. Like, that's the attitude I, I, I feel I'm getting. And it, I don't know, it just kind of drove me nuts. I just wanted to get out of there. 
Hmm. Well, I mean, not everyone walks at the same pace. So if there's someone in front of you and you want to pass them, sometimes, I mean, I mean, Ikea is pretty wide open, so there's probably a lot of yeah. room. But uh, as soon as you move over, you got someone else behind you that's moved over the other way, and now all of a sudden you're you're a cluster. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, and I, that's what was happening is people like, you know what, I'm like people frustratingly going around people and being, you know, within like a foot or less right. of the people they're passing. It's like, what are you doing? Like, and I got my mask on, I'm okay. Like that's, you can see they have that highfalutin look on their face. Right. And it's like, God damn it. So, you know what? I don't know. Actually, I don't I went, know. What's your, two, what, what's your two cents? <laughs> what's your experience? Uh, well, I mean, a very, very recent one was, uh, actually this evening because, uh, with my zoom, uh, recorder for some reason, it, it's been giving me some issues. I'm not able to read anything on the SD card. So I just, I figured, you know what, I'm going to buy a new SD card. So I went and got one, 32 gigs. It was on sale for fourteen ninety nine. There's a plug for staples. <laughs> and, uh. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, I noticed that the firmware on my uh, Zoom is the very first original. I never updated the firmware, so I, I looked it up, and actually oh. there was version 3. So I just updated that, got a new thing, did a test recording, seemed to be fine, so now I don't have to play the whole thing and record it on a different it. device and then create an MP3 again. So was it the firmware that was fir the firm? So, so those podcasters that are listening to the show, these are things you probably need to worry about. This is the technical side of the show. Well, I mean, so I, you, would you think, was it the SD card or, or was it just that the firmware was out of date? You know what? I think it was the card, but I figured, you know, if I'm changing the card, I might as well do the firmware at the same time. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming it's the card because everything previous was working fine. And then when I tested this one out, it was okay. So, I mean, but I've had the same firmware on it since I bought it. And this, it's been since, uh, I mean, God, we were jamming with dad back then. So how many years is that? That's, that's quite a oh few years God. I've had it. So, I mean, the, the card, I mean, who knows, maybe the, something just kind of went corrupt or something. I still have the other card, so I might, uh, throw it in and then see if it reads it properly. And if it doesn't, I might just format it and then, uh, I'll use that as a spare. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, uh, and we're, and we're, uh, I've got a hotter signal running through right now. So, cause I noticed the, uh, things that we're recording are fairly low. So I figured yeah. I would, yeah. uh, I jack it up a bit without having to run a whole bunch of compression after, th after the fact. And what I do too, actually, when I get your file, I separate the theme song, the intro and the, uh, the actual, show right uh, i keep them in separate tracks and i crank the volume all the way on the you and i talking track and right and just so it's uh <laughs> you know so it's a little better because it's like nah actually i i, I had uh, the episode where i used the um the be famous uh, intro right um and it's like bah, 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 bah. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, bah, bah, bah. and then there's a bunch of whispering <laughs> So, you know, I, we're, I'm not the best editor. I, I do try, that's for sure. Well, I'll try to give but, you um, some better files to deal with. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. Um, but now you're asking yeah, me about my experience on, 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 you mean on COVID and the masks in general? Well, did you notice, uh, I wanted to ask you about this and seeing if you noticed the difference. So we, we've got more cases today or this weekend. Right, a fairly large number. It always seems to be not in Winnipeg itself, but um, outer outside of the city in the rural and areas. The rural, yeah. and then the one thing I noticed when I was at IKEA going through the parking lot, and this is what this is really what I'm asking you. Okay, is have you noticed how many out of towners are here? And by out of towners, I mean out of province. Well, they they kind of addressed that where people are getting harassed. Uh, I think from the military that were, you know, that were on the base and they have out of town plates and they're kind of getting bombarded with people honking at them and giving them the finger and telling them to go back and go home type thing. You know, I'm, so I, I know there's 
a lot well, of imagine legit, if they had an American plate. I mean, there's a lot of <laughs> legit ones, I'm sure, but I mean, automatically as soon as you see it, bang into your head, it's like get the hell out. Uh, we were doing fine, and don't bring that crap here. That's pretty much everyone's mentality, and I can sure. and, and and and. It, and I don't, I don't blame them. I mean, when your life is in danger, it's like, no, no, no. It's, it's very, it's very simple. It's, it's a survival, um, type of thing. So I, I, I can see, I can understand that. Um, but, uh, and they had, I mean, they had a case and, and they're not, they're not reporting where they're coming from anymore. Cause I think there was a, there was a hundred colony where there was a, a couple of people. I don't know if they went to a funeral in Alberta or there was something and then they came back and, you know, those people are infected and, and now it seems like every person, uh, that's a Hutterite, you know, is getting harassed because they figure, you know, they're the reason and they're not. I mean, it's, it's the same thing as when 9-11 happened, you know, you have a group of people, it's like the bad apple, you know, don't blame all the apples, just blame the apples responsible. Just same thing with the police and this whole thing going on with the police. It's not all the police. But there are some, but it makes it, it makes it look bad for everyone else. But unfortunately, yeah. that's the way people think, and it, it just creates more animosity. It's true. Yeah. So yeah, I noticed there's a lot of out of town, but the the cases have gotten worse in the province since people have been traveling. Well, of course, which is going to happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know how to feel about this. You know, I saw an Ontario plate, and Ontario's like, Ontario's the, is, is it the worst in Canada or the second worst in Canada? Is Ontario? Well, they're pretty, they're up there. And they keep, I keep, you keep seeing all these pictures of these large public gatherings they're having there where everyone's wall to wall. You know, it's like, oh my God. Well, today I saw a picture, well, this was on Facebook, so you can take it for what it's worth. Uh, it was a picture of, I guess, school starting in the States. There's some places. In the, yeah, I know. Yeah. So it was a picture of basically all these students crammed in a hallway, and someone took a picture, and uh, apparently two of the students got expelled or got disciplined, and I guess they were... I don't know, because they were not, not because that they were showing that the big gathering was all together. And there was, I think there was only one person that was wearing a mask that I could see. It was because of the policy of the school. You're not supposed to be posting anything on social media, on the school without their consent and yada, 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 you know, oh, yeah. red tape stuff to cover their ass instead of, you know, actually dealing with the actual issue itself. Um, thinking that right away it's like uh, oh uh, we don't want anybody to see this we'll get in trouble uh type thing yeah. so they they'll probably get investigated regardless but i mean you can't it's like daycares and schools i mean when someone has if, if i'm at work the only time i get sick is if my coworker gets sick because their kids were either in school or daycare that's that's yep. the way it works so it goes from the ground up so that's i can i can foresee a spike happening um, for sure when school starts. Yep. And I don't know what the, uh, I don't know for me, I don't know what the repercussions are. Like I, I work from home. That's fine. Right. But your kids go to school. But my kids go to school. So, but I mean, if I'm sick, I can still work. Like that's the thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. If I mean, unless I'm sick, sick and you know, I have to go to the hospital sick. Right. But, was my my wife? Well, she, you know, she she'll have to shut her business down the minute anyone's sick in the house. Yeah. So that every time that happens, she ain't gonna get paid. Or the first person that she has as a as a client that their kids find out that mm -hmm. one of them was positive in school. So now it's like, well, if they were positive, how long were they were they asymptomatic? Does that mean the parents had it? Does that mean that she had it when she was here? Does that mean now I have to get tested? Does that mean all the clients that I've had? since that person started school, needs to be tested. It's like, it, it's worse than having friggin' venereal disease. <laughs> Trying to give your freaking social history. Well, who you've been slept with for the last six months? Well, it depends. If you're, if you're like me, it's probably the same person. But some people, it's like, okay, well, get me a piece of paper and a pen and I'll have to start writing this shit out. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. 
It's weird. Yep. So, um, uh, I, I sent you an article. I don't know if you had a chance to read it or not. Well, see, I, I, I did, I did peruse over it. Um, but I was kind of going with the no homework. Um, okay. yeah. kind of oh, like yeah. we discussed that, uh, when we're a- with the real debaters, <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'm not a big homework guy, but my God, I had never done so much homework since I left school. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, if you're listening, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> and we mean that in the best way. Oh yeah, it was fun. It was fun. It's a blast. Oh yeah, Check that was out. actually it was a blast. Um, so okay, well, the general gist of the story is that I guess Blizzard, um, the employees at Blizzard are, are, are disgruntled, right? And uh, I get. I guess there's been some lean years for Blizzard, I guess, with WoW and whatever else they make. Right. What else do they make? What is what is what is Blizzard for those neophytes listening to the show that don't know who Blizzard is? What, what do they make, Todd? They make WoW. They make... Uh, well, they've been around for, for a long time. Yeah. Uh, and, and have had multiple games. Unfortunately, WoW is the only one that I've really paid attention to that they made uh, I mean I've played games God, up the wazoo but to to tell you who the who the makers are of them I, I don't really pay that's attention okay. I'm looking it up. That, that's kind of like um, the lore and stuff in, in WoW it's like as soon as I get somewhere and I'm getting my you know you go up to them and you press they've got usually an exclamation mark over their head so to tell you they have a quest right so you click on it and then a bunch of stuff comes up uh, at the yeah, very beginning, what, when I started, here's what they make here. Okay, I've got what they make here. So they make uh, Overwatch, right? Um, Diablo, yeah. Oh yeah, they had that weird Diablo uh, launch, like a new Diablo game for your phone. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody thought it was going to be this big reveal, new oh, Diablo right, game. Yeah. Because Diablo 3 came out ages ago, and it was fantastic. I really liked it. Um, and it says they have some connection to Call of Duty. I don't How does that work? Mm. Are they part of Call of Duty? You know what? Who but knows? anyway. It could, be, it could be a collaboration, too. Yeah, it might be. Uh, yeah, I guess so. So they're not getting paid is what basically what, what this article was, was saying, right? Well, they weren't getting yeah, paid. Like, they had to, you know. Yeah. What was it? There were uh, some people had to to make the rent. They had to, you know, eat craft dinner or something or other just to kind of make ends meet they because they weren't meals. getting paid. Yeah, they were skip, skipping lunches so they could uh, pay the rent. Yeah, they weren't getting paid that so, much. So I mean, somebody's getting paid. Well, obviously. But if they have a division that say say you're working on say uh, Diablo twelve or something, right? Okay, so once it's well, done. Are you automatically working on the next version or are you done now? And now it's like, okay, well, we have to pay you or we're going to pay you. I mean, we paid you to make the game. We're not paying you residuals. So you're done. So what are we going to do with these people? So do we amalgamate them and now start a new project? Do we dissolve them? Do we just say, you know what? We'll give you unemployment for now. Shit comes up. We'll give you a call. I don't know how that works. But if they're trying to keep everybody on for this huge company that has all these, I mean, if you go to BlizzCon, I mean, there that'll that tells you everything that they do and everything that they support. Well, the fact that they're you, that they're big enough to have their own convention, like there's video game conventions, right. and, but they have their own. They're big enough to have their own, so obviously somebody's making money there. Yeah, but I, I see without seeing what the structure is. I mean, they're probably, I mean, top heavy, maybe. I don't know. Just like other other companies, you get the CEO, the COO, the president, the vice president, the, you know, uh, VIP this and VIP that and everyone under them. And I don't know if it's, I don't know what they do, if it's anything really important. But I think it mentioned something about they're keeping the top, um, like the top guys who are making the games they were kind of staying on board and I think they've been paid okay, but the rest of the 
people, which they figure they're just kind of peons because they're not they're not getting paid uh, anything. Although if there's nothing to work well, on and there's no okay, budget, I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to let you go off on a tangent or not off on a tangent, but here's the line in the article that once I read this, I got to share this with Todd. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> Last year, Blizzard Entertainment was asked by parent company Activision, which are crud. Activision are, are known for ruining more things. They used to be a great company, yeah. but you know they haven't done anything good since pit, Pitfall. More, more, <laughs> more bad management. So yeah, so Blizzard Entertainment was asked by parent company Activision to cut costs, resulting in hundreds of job cuts with new responsibilities foisted onto remaining workers without a pay increase. The same same story has repeated for a number of years, even as the company posts record profits. Boy, does that sound familiar. Do you know why they posted record profits? Because they're not paying anyone. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I hate about corporate, corporate stuff is like, they're so interested in the board of uh, the 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 inve- uh, what do you call the that group um, the trustees or the people that invest in the company they invest in the company the and they expect yeah. a certain amount of money back but they don't really care if the company's doing well they just care if the company's doing well right now they don't look at lo- terms of longevity because the thing is they buy into a company and they might sell their stock they want they bought into the company they want the stock to increase then they sell and then they take off yeah like, uh, just I, I'm probably totally wrong, but it, it, these people that move money around and all they do is move money around and move money around and move money around mm-hmm. and buy companies and sell companies and buy liquidate. Like, yeah. How do they apart? sleep at night? Yeah, it's like an auto they're record. They're like an auto record. They take the vehicle and they piece it out. They make more money that way. You get drug companies, the same thing. They, they, you know, they'll buy the drug company will buy, say, we'll just, we'll just say Tylenol, for example, right? Or Tylenol's it's probably made by John, I don't know what, whatever. Anyways. So say you take a company like that and you buy it. Now they've got an R and D department. They've got all these other things marketing and whatnot. So someone comes in, buys the company. We don't do any research and development. This stuff works. This stuff is what's yep. what's selling. This is all you're going to make, and that is it. All you people in R and D, out of here. We don't need you. Probably trim off, you know, whatever else they can do, because that's what they do. They buy shit. They get rid of the rest just for just for the profits, of course. Well, I mean, why else would they do it? But in but unfortunately, it screws yeah. people in the meantime. It's they're, they're not looking after the people that are that are long termers at, at a company. Like those are the people they should be supporting, right? Like they're not mom and pop, you know, type businesses where their livelihood is kind of like in the family. So you want to keep it floating, you want to keep it going, you care about your employees. It's a whole different ballgame. Once you get your once a company reaches a certain threshold, especially if they're shareholders. You know what? That now you're in a whole different ball game. Now it's the money. You know, people yeah. that you know have taken. I don't know if people are just shysters to begin with, and that's just how they are, or people actually go to business school and this is what they teach, or you know, pick one of one of those or you know other ways of of generating income because that's that's all they care about really. And screw the employees. Like, what a and Blizzard, sad Blizzard's the same thing. It's no no different. I mean, yeah. Well, it sounds like they aren't. There's nothing great about them about Blizzard. They're still. I mean, like they're just another company. The same thing that everyone else is doing. They're screwing their employees over. And I mean, but I mean, you know, maybe we're totally wrong. We're reading into. I'm reading into the article the wrong way. Um. So, but the, the other thing it says in the article, one person added CEO Bobby. Oh, so what they did is they actually spread. They they had a spreadsheet of everyone's salary, every single person's salary in the company, Rick, and it was spread to all the employees. Ricky, Bobby. so everybody knew what everybody made. Yeah, well, that's that's one way of finding out that you're getting hosed. <laughs> 
For sure. So what they said was that the employees were making 10% less than industry norm, mm-hmm. which if they can't afford to eat at 10% less than industry norm, I don't know how many jobs that I applied for in this city that were 10 to 20% less than the norm that in Winnipeg, it's common. Right. But, um, but they, they mentioned that the, uh, uh, CEO Bobby Kotick, his salary and compensation package was also on there, and as he's listed as one of the highest paid executives in the in the entire entertainment media industry, mm-hmm. uh, and it compensate with his compensation, just his compensation, topping thirty million in last year. So just his con- his bonuses last year were thirty million. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they do it. They're they're able to do it. Like, yeah, well, I mean, it's no different than just a, disgusting. Uh, you know, a bank or something going. Well, I mean, you'll never see a bank go under. I can't see that ever happening. But I mean, they don't, the government will bail them out. What's that? Um, they're not paid well either at banks. If they're paid horribly. No, but I mean the actual not not the employees. The employees, yeah, the employees are dispensable. That's, uh, I mean, you're gone, next person's in, it, it, it doesn't matter to them. But the money, it's like the, the car companies, uh, they, they go under and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, the government bail them out and all of a sudden these executives are getting these bonuses. Where the fuck are you getting the money for these bonuses? This money was not for to fill your fuck, pardon your pockets. This, this money was to help the company. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. well, it is. And, and they take advantage. It's not being reinvested into the company. Reinvested into the executives. Like, fuck off. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, I don't know. Yeah. But you know what? You and I will probably never run a company because we don't know how to run a profitable company because we probably pay our employees a bunch of money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we, we'd be bankrupt, you know, within, within, you know, within five years. And some companies, that, that could be very well what, well, you know, what has happened. I mean, they... they they want to save. They want to save everyone's jobs, so they just keep running the company until it's to the point where they have to go bankrupt because they just can't pay anyone. But these guys, you know, they, they kind yeah. of see it coming and they go, "Well, what do you project is going to happen with, you know, the way things are going currently?" So if it's going down the shitter, it's like, okay, we need to either sell or, you know, start cutting, uh, cutting jobs and. And whatnot, because I mean, you have one person is one job, so now you're paying all their benefits, you're paying all their holidays, you're paying. You know, if you get rid of all that and replace it with something that doesn't need any of that, then you're, you know, the company's laughing. Uh, No different than if you're a recording engineer. Um, I mean, you get the recording engineer, he's got the boards, he's got all the effects, you know, all this equipment that he's invested years and years and and tons of money to get ready uh and you don't need it now so now you have all this stuff is like oh yeah well we've been kind of miniaturizing and miniaturizing and now all of a sudden everyone can do it on their own on their laptops and everyone has a laptop so now it's like everybody's a recording engineer right so now so now the people who are actually had because we had mid-ocean recording studio that was over here and and i had taken their their recording uh class years and years ago they're not there anymore they're gone like there's no you they know gone. you don't need all that wow. equipment the way i mean the way things are going i mean it's it's not perfected yet but with all the vsts and all the all the effects and stuff that they have now um i mean my little amp i've got a little uh, yamaha thr 10x and i could make it sound like you know, I, I've been chasing that Van Halen sound for I don't know how many years trying to get it out of whatever amp I had and whatever pedal, and I've spent money and spent money and spent money trying to chase that tone. I bought this thing, plug it in, turned it on. Pfft, wow. Just bang on, right right, right out of the gate, and it has stereo. So I, I figured I'll put it through my monitors uh, in, the, in the studio. My God, the sound. I just sit there, and I could just hit a note and just my eyes will roll back in my head go, uh it's just, you know, it sounds so good. So, I mean, as technology moves up, you know, unfortunately, some businesses go under because of it. But then again, some other businesses start because of it. 
So, I mean, everything's evolving, yeah. but, it, but yeah. I mean, you see the loss of, of things that we're losing, but we don't always see the new things that are coming up, but the new things that are coming up are only because, you know, people are, are, are losing positions and they have to try and try and figure, you know, figure it out. Yeah. Another way to make money or whatever, right? Yeah. There's a lot of companies out there and they're all out to make a buck. So, uh, if they can't do it here, they'll ship it out to wherever there's less restrictions and they have cheaper labor. That's just yeah. kind of, that's just kind of way things have been for the last, geez, how many years? When did, when did this all start? <laughs> I don't even remember. All I remember is when dad used to work for CN and they used, and then they had, they brought in some machines or something. So it took over the place of some of the employees and they weren't too happy about that. Was was this back home in Moncton? Yeah, this was back in the eighties, I guess. So that's kind of where I saw it start, where machines were starting to take over, you know, work of employees. Like I said, you don't have to pay a salary or vacation or sick time or any of that stuff. So they, they save a, you know, a ton of money and it's like, uh, it's like some places where you work, someone quits, they don't hire anybody right away. If they know the person is going to be leaving, they don't hire them right away. They let them leave instead of, you know, common sense. You think you'd bring someone in, have the person that's leaving, maybe train them and show them the yep. ropes and how things go. Because if you're relying on the other people to do it, that don't know the job, guess what? Now you've got someone there just floundering for an X amount of time trying to figure out the job. Meanwhile, the company saved all kinds of money because they waited six months before they even posted the position. Yes. And unfortunately. And then they're happy. They're like, oh. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of they, places are like that. But they never compensate the, uh, anybody. No, 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 hell no. no. Um, I remember where I was going with this. So uh, I watched a documentary today mm-hmm. um, on, um, do, do you know who Todd McFarlane is? Todd McFarlane? Yeah. Isn't there a different McFarlane? There's Seth McFarlane. Yeah. Family guy. Yeah. <laughs> I know Seth. No, they're a different guy. Oh, uh, not even related? Yeah, you know Seth. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, no. So Todd McFarlane was uh, is a it was and is a comic book artist. Okay. And uh, this this ties into exactly what we're talking about here. So, um, back in the I guess was this the nineties, nineties two thousands maybe. Um. Uh, the, Todd McFarlane was a Canadian guy. He was uh, Calgary Edmonton. I can't remember. He, he's from Alberta. Right. And um, you know he he decided he wanted to be a comic book artist and, you know, he did everything he could to, to, to get into the industry. He, he sent uh, art samples to every single publisher. He would find out who the editorial team was and he would send, you know, a bunch of his work to them, um, hoping to get any, you know, any feedback back, you know, or, or hopefully a job. And he, you know, he tried and he tried and he tried and he finally got an in. Um, and uh, he was hired to be an artist, so he had a hard hard luck getting in. It took him forever; it took him years before he got in. And then when he got in, they put him on a title that got canceled like right away. Oh. And then I think he went on another book. Um, where I, I, I think the writer died, or I, I don't know. I can't remember exactly, but basically, you know, he's like he, he fought so hard to get in the industry. And then once he was in the industry, he was like, it was the, the worst of luck and he just persevered and, you know, he kept getting the, the shit end of the stick over and over. Right. Um, and then, uh, eventually uh, his big break was they needed someone to, to draw on the Hulk comic book. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Hulk was doing well at the time. Um, I think it was, uh, like the Hulk used to be a, I think the Hulk's always struggled in sales over the years. But anyway, what happened was eventually, you know, he, he got his big break with Hulk and everyone's like, wow, like you draw really, really good. And, um, but his, his style was a bit different. It wasn't 
because there was there was a Marvel method, right? There was a particular way that Marvel wanted their artists to draw, right? You know, emulate particular styles or or whatever. Well, it's like and, if uh, you, I mean, if you're reading comics, say you know the Sunday comics or Saturday or Friday or whatever they are now. I mean, you'll have you'll have like oh, wait, here's an old one, Andy Cap. Do you remember that one? Andy Cap. <laughs> 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 or, or politically, any, uh, in, politically incorrect, <laughs> or, or, or any any type of um, of comic that you see, like say Garfield, for example. Okay, so say yep. you yep. you've you've been watching someone animate Garfield in the comic strip for say ten years. Say the guy passes yep. away, quits, whatever. You get a new person in there. Of course, you want to have that person draw it exactly the same. Otherwise, sure. you kind of look at it and you go, uh, I don't know if I really like this because it's not familiar anymore. It's almost like a copycat. It's like a real band yeah. and then having a copycat band do their songs. It's 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 like yeah. if you're going to do it, do it right. Don't, you know. So I can see I can see Hulk and, and the Hulk I don't think was, yeah, didn't have very much of a popularity. When I think of the Hulk, I think the equivalent of the Hulk is the Fantastic Four, the rock guy. What's What's his name? The thing, the thing. Okay, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm up on my comics, so <laughs> I, I I relate him to to him. It's almost like if you had a comic with just him in it, eh, I guess it's okay. But it's just he's kind of big and bulky, and he doesn't move. Well, I mean, he moves. He just smashes. That that that's his his whole whole thing. Yeah. Whereas everyone else is flying through the air. I mean, he's either you know Spider Man with the web, yeah, he, or you get he's Superman. Less, he's or, less dynamic, yeah. less dynamic looking. Yeah, he's he's more of it's like the teacher that just stands in the middle of the room and teaches, and you're falling asleep versus the one that's walking from one end to the other. You know, it keeps your attention. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so what he was doing was like he was trying to. He's like, well, it, it's always drawn the same way. Like, what? I, I got to change things up. And he wasn't. I don't think he's trying to change. The art—he was changing the art style. But he wasn't changing the way the characters look. Like he wasn't putting a mustache on the Hulk, or you know, <laughs> or, 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 or something silly like that. Right. But he would do things like he would make sure that because everything in a comic book is all contained within the panels, right? Right. Like everything's within the boxes within a comic book. But he would draw where you know the Hulk might smash something, and then his fist reaches out from one panel into the other panel. So his, his appendage, his arm is actually like almost jumping out of the panel. Ooh, 3D. It was like, yeah. So, but he was doing stuff like that. It was just, okay. he wasn't, he, he was trying things. Right. Mm -hmm. And then when they put him on Spider-Man, <clears throat> which at the time was, was horrible. It was, well, it was, it was really slumping in sales. Okay. And this is probably like one of the low points of comics where comics weren't selling that well. Marvel wasn't selling that well. So he was brought on to Spider-Man and um, he just started like, he started drawing the webbing different and uh, the poses different. He was making him less of a Spider-Man, more of a Spider-Man. Okay. So he, some of his poses were, were less human looking and more bug looking. Now was he hired on because the sales were down and they figured? No, eh. he was nobody. Or did the he guy was still a nobody? Okay, but the guy who was drawing it previous to him, what oh, happened there was to like that person? 20, 20 different guys. Oh, okay. So this was just they were trying out different people to see who you know who could yeah. make it uh, make it pop, I guess. Yeah. So I mean, they brought him on. Like he he was again. He was a kid. He was nobody. Uh, he was Canadian, which, you know, probably works against you in the industry at the time. Right. Um, so, you know, they just put them on. It's like, okay, well, we need, we need some art and you're available. So it was kind of more like that. It wasn't, I don't think they really wanted him so much as let me just give this kid a shot. Right. Um, so anyway, he went on the title and he changed, he was the guy that changed how Spider-Man's web looks. Cause in the old days in the sixties and seventies and the eighties, his web was always like, squares right it, you know kind of like the cartoon the 60s cartoon the web always you know came out like it was two lines with a line in between and then like just a bunch of squares right so he was doing things where it was more organic looking you know there was it was multiple strands you know 
it, it, it looks funky. More detail. Yeah. And like, so they, they so they started saying, well, they're kind of like, well, you know, I don't, I don't know. Like, maybe we can start going back to the old Spider-Man style. You know, now that, so McFarlane being on the Spider-Man comic, suddenly the sales are, are starting to increase and they're starting to get good. Mm-hmm. And people are buying Spider-Man again. And it's doing really, really well. But then they're giving him a hard time. Like, you know, I, I, I think I need you to change your art style. Uh, you know, try to be more like, like we did it back in, you know, John Vecima style or John Romita senior style or, you know, yeah, Disco or Kirby, like just go, go back to what we were doing before. So like, so suddenly sales in the book are spiking because of his art really. Yeah. Um, the shit's working. Why, why don't I mean, we change it? Yeah, why don't we why don't we go back to the way it was before when things weren't selling well? Right. And he's like, no, no, I'm going to leave the title if that's what you want. So they're like, okay, let's compromise. So they said, um, like he 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 really wanted to do what he wanted to do, and so they basically said, look, um, he said he wanted a writing gig. He says, I want I want to write my own comic book. I want to write, draw, ink. I want to do I want to do it all. And I want Spider-Man. Like, well, you. So anyway, so they give him his own title, his own Spider-Man title. Okay. So there was four Spider-Man titles, and his was the fourth. So this is a guy that's never written a comic book before, professionally. Right. He's only drawn. He's only drawn what he's being told to draw. And his first issue of Spider-Man sells two point five million copies <laughs> in one month. Wow. The high, the highest, the the highest selling comic at that time of all time. There'd never been a sales spike. You know, they sold in the tens of thousands. You know, a really good selling title, maybe a hundred thousand, couple hundred thousand, I guess, probably. And somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, you, th- those were normal figures. And he's selling two point five million copies of a single issue. Now you've seen this issue, have you? I have it. I have copies of it. Okay, so. Do you think that the marketing hyped it up or do you think it was just on the shelves? People saw it, wanted to buy it, told their friends because one month of sales, you'd have to have a lot of, a lot of, um, he was, well, the Spider-Man title was doing really well. And when they, he was, he was a good hype man. And he was one of the, I mean, there's not a lot of up to that point. There wasn't a lot of artists or writers that people followed. You know what I mean? So if uh, John Paul is writing Spider-Man and then John Paul is going to move to Hulk, well, the readership's not going to follow him to the Hulk. They're, they collect Spider-Man, you know? Right. They, they, the, the names weren't that important. Not since Stanley or Jack Kirby. You know, the, the in-between stages of Stanley and Jack Kirby was just, you know... I mean, I would notice who they were. Right. But you know, the general public was like, they didn't really know, but people were, people were reading Spider-Man because he was drawing it. And when they heard he was going to get his own title and he was going to get to write it, I, I don't know how it was hyped. There was no internet back then. Right. And I don't know how it worked out, but people were like, fuck, if you're going to let him like actually let him do what he wants on his own book, mm-hmm. then we're going like, so everybody came and then they're like, Oh crap. So then there was, there was always, always this pressure like, okay, well, can you tone it down a bit? It's, it's a little dark or it's a little this or it's a little that. And he's like, no, like I, I want to explore, you know, the other, you know, more sides of Spider-Man instead of rehashing the same story. Let's look at different things. And, and, you know, Marvel was pushing back on him. So he, you know, he kind of had enough. This is where, this is where it ties into the, the whole blizzard thing here is he said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm quitting. I'm going to quit and I'm going to take three guys with me. So, (laughs) so there was him, there was Rob Liefeld or Liefeld um, and two other guys. Right. Uh, There was Eric Larson and um, oh my God, I'm forgetting the other guy's name or Mark Mark Silvestri. Um, And basically Todd McFarlane rounded those guys up and said, you know what? You know, we're making a crap ton of money for this company. Yep. 
and you know maybe you know we're, we are getting paid pretty good mm-hmm. but you know we're responsible for the sales of these comics it's not the characters right it's us people are coming to read these books because we're on them and todd todd mcfarland was easily the biggest you know the four but the other guys were you know were making inroads like any title that those four guys touched, we're starting to do, we're selling better because people were following the artist. So they said, fuck it, let's do a mass walkout and we'll leave. So we're the four top guns right? and we're going to leave. So <laughs> as they're discussing this, um, they managed to grab a couple more guys. I think it ended up being seven guys total. Right. I think that the image seven, I think that sounds right. And they said, so within 24 hours, they, they got up to, you know, all seven of them mm-hmm. and they all walked into the student, you know, into the, the boss's office and said, uh, we're all leaving and we're going to go start our own thing. <laughs> wow. Nothing like that had ever happened before. So it all really, the, all the blood go out of his face. <laughs> oh God. But I mean, that, that's, you know, that's kind of what's happening with the employees is they're trying to. They're trying to stand up to the man. They're trying to stand up to the boss. They're trying to stand up to, you know, like, this is wrong. You know, you guys are making money off of us. Right. You know, off our, our carcasses. Yeah. You know, we're, we're dying working for you and we're giving our all and we're, you know, we're entered like our, the people that love Blizzard, love Blizzard, like people that play WoW and all those games, like they have a lot, like they have BlizzCon, like we said before, they have a loyal following. And, you know, but you're not rewarding the people that's getting that content to the people at all. Like they're not really getting the, you know, the credit they're due. So just, so just like Todd McFarlane was like, well, fuck y'all. I'm leaving. And they started image comics and, uh, they each artist, it was pretty much artists. The artists were writing their own books as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, by, by, by and large, they, they were. So the idea was, okay, well, every single artist is going to have their own title. Uh, they're all going to be, you know, they're basically putting all their talent together to come up with seven titles. Right. And um, and they, they managed to grab like Jim Lee. Jim Lee is the guy pretty much running DC Comics right now. Um, and he is probably the biggest name in comics right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, as in terms of an artist. So they all left and image comics did great. It did really good. Like it was outselling everybody. Uh, the first issue of Todd McFarlane's comic, you know, I, I can, it sold a few million and he was selling a few million copies a month of his comic. Wow. And he built his empire based on that. So I, I guess the thing is sometimes you got to go off on your own, you know, and just go try something. Well, if you know, if you got an idea, go and try it. If you got something good and everyone else has profited off of you and you figure, you know what, all I need is a room, a pencil and a piece of paper and make millions of dollars. I don't need these people for that. I mean, as long as he knows that he's successful or he has a track record. Yeah, definitely can go on his own. Oh yeah. It, so, it is hard for someone which, who, who has, has never written a comic before and wanted to do it on their own. I can see, you know, them going, well, but if they're doing it, you know, on a shoestring budget, why not? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? You don't. Like comics, are, comics are like, there's a lot of things that are easier to do nowadays because you can release things digitally. Right. So right. in terms of that stuff, it's much easier, which is why I keep going back to the idea of, I don't know if I want a publisher for my book when I'm, when I'm done, you know, I, I think I might want to have that control. Like I, I don't want, I don't want someone to tell me that, ah, I, I don't like this. I'm like, okay, <laughs> can, can you change it? Okay. Well, what do you want me to change it to? Well, you know what? The, the, the main character. Yeah. I, I need you to, um, you know, for example, if I, I've got a gay character, right? So someone comes up to me and goes, you know what? This isn't really hitting the demographic I'm looking for. And can you just make them straight? Hmm. I'm like, well, no, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, th- that, that's the thing. Like they're going to come in and they're going to make, you know, criticism and they're going to be like, well, I, I, no, that's not what shows we want. That, uh, you know, yeah. This is the demographic we're going for and this is what they want to see. 
And like Marvel was suffering through the nineties for the same thing because the, the guy, the guy running the place, like he, he felt that action figures of women right. would not sell. Why not? So whenever there was any chance, well, he was sure he was sure of it. He knew they wouldn't sell, but he was wrong, like completely and utterly wrong. Because, uh, I mean, uh, I don't know about anyone else that's listening, but um, I was always, you know, if there were, whenever there was a female action figure, I would go get it just on principle alone because my action figures are just a bunch of dudes. What's the fun of that? It's no different than playing WoW, for example. I mean, you can have a guy character or a girl character. Who do you want to see the whole time you're playing? (laughs) Oh, yeah, you can do whatever you want. Like, and it should be that way. Like, the world is diverse. The world isn't, you know, it's concentric. I don't know what the word is. It's not one thing. No. You know, it's not the... The, the the white guy saving the the white damsel in distress yeah, you know that's not that's so not how things are in the real world it's so. not it's not straightforward there's just there's so much d- diversity in the world and in the people and i mean it's coming up more now than it was back in the day like if you were different if you weren't just a straight person who was just you know what they deem as normal then there was an issue, there's a problem, you're not right in your head and, you know, stuff like that. But as time has gone on, finally, I mean, people, you can see the diversity in people and they're more relaxed with their, with themselves in their own skin, which, which is nice to see. But the thing is with that diversity, it shows that not everyone likes one particular thing. So you have to, you have to go, I mean, they're going by demographic by the majority. Okay. The majority of people, this is who you want to sell to because that's where we're going to make the most money. But why, why, why limit yourself to that? Why not? I mean, sure. Yeah. You you can, you can, uh, you know, go that route, but also you can go, you know, any other direction also and diversify. You don't have to stay with one thing. Yeah. But there's, there's people out there that are just so... <sighs> phobic and it doesn't matter of, yeah. of what a phobic of whatever i mean it, it they find something and they latch onto it and they become phobic of it like that's the way people are they just have to be phobic of something well they don't get that they don't yeah they, they, they're, they're too scared to go in this direction or too scared to go in that direction and i think a lot of it is because of their peers um say years ago where things were, you know, the, the peers were kind of in the same thing. They they didn't want to go and diversify either. So basically, if you wanted to, you had people that were, I don't say against you, but you, you had a lot of hurdles to, to go up against to be able to get your idea across. And like you said with this guy, with his comics, I mean, he wanted to do it his way, which was different from the mainstream, right? So he wanted to yeah. diversify. He wanted to experiment. He wanted to, you know, try try different things. And 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 the first and the thing in his head wasn't like, oh well, I'll make more money this way. I I honestly think that because it wasn't a, about the money. Yeah, because it art, wasn't. Artists have it was a the different. Principle. Yeah, I mean, artists are different that way. Where it's like they're trying, they're satisfying themselves. When I, you know, if you're playing an instrument, it's for it's for you, really. And you yeah. want to share it with other people. It's not like you're like, okay, well, I want to make a whole bunch of money, so I gotta, you know, do this whole thing. The, the art has to be first. Like you have to love what you're doing, whether you're drawing, whether it's music, or you know, whatever it is, uh, doing podcasts. If this, you know, whatever, whatever lights your fire, I guess would be <laughs> would be the thing. What's interesting with him is like he he changed the industry. Yeah. Not single-handedly, but I mean, he was the leader of all of that group because he was he different. Because he, he was different, yeah. he wasn't the typical. Well, he's a Canadian. Oh my God! Like you know, I, I mean, it, it seems petty nowadays or or, or, or simple, mm-hmm. but you know, the guy was Canadian. Well, he's not going to make amount to anything, <laughs> you know. Like <laughs> it's a defeatist. That <laughs> I don't know. It's like. <laughs> People have a, a thought about what Canadians are like, and then, but it, but it was, I guess the idea, like he changed the industry. So there's so many things that we enjoy in comic books today that we never would have had if he hadn't have stuck his neck out like he did. Right. And you know, bringing all those like-minded people with him, he couldn't have done it alone, and he knew he couldn't do it alone. 
you know, he needed to build a team right. and he did. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, thank God for them. Now there's certain things they did because they're always pushing the envelope. There's certain things they did that helped ruin the industry, yeah. but at least they took the chance. Right. I mean, you're not going to succeed know, and, all the time, but you always learn from your failures. I mean, not, not every business is, I don't think there is a business that ever really kind of took off unless it's, you know, the ones that's like overnight sensations type thing, but anybody, you know, a regular industry where people are, are trying things, you know, they, they, they'll fail, but they'll get up and they'll just keep going and they'll, they'll keep doing it the way they want to do it until they get it to, to the point where they, you know, they will succeed, I guess. Yeah. Like he's the they guy, um, until they do. I, you, you might remember, you, you might recall this story. Like the, the, my, the, I guess everyone's favorite Todd McFarlane story was he was, he was getting, making so much money off his spawn comic and, you know, with his own publishing company with, you know, he brought all his friends to, mm-hmm. he was making so much money that you remember when Mark McGuire was a, uh, was a thing in baseball and he was the home run King. And uh, it was between him and uh, another guy, Manny Sosa. And there was like, there was a, there was a home run competition between the two of them. Oh. Um, they broke every home run record, you know, most home runs in a season and all this sort of stuff. And he was a big ball uh, baseball fan. Mm-hmm. So he paid, several million dollars to get Mark McGuire's baseball, one of his baseballs that he got a home run with. And he, he paid millions for it wow. for a baseball. Well, hey, if he, like he had money. so much harm. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that was the famous story. Like who the hell, this guy's a comic book artist. Like, you know, mainstream, he was getting mainstream press, which is something comics weren't getting. Right. You know, main, it, it's always, oh, it's, it's those things that it's, you know, those bo- those silly books that the kids read. You know, it's, you know, he helped, but it's true though. Right. Like I, I used to get made fun of and, and, you know, picked on for, for, for reading comics all the time when I was a kid, like it was, but you know, he made comics mainstream, like he helped push and usher in that era. And if he'd just been complacent and said, okay, well, you're right. Okay. I'll change my art style to suit the company mm-hmm. and, you know, and just, you know, do what you're told and he'll keep getting these little raises, you know, to make him happy. And, you know, and he'll have a long career at that company and then, you know, retire with a, with a watch mm-hmm. and, you know, go off into the sunset. But, you know, he didn't, and we need people to be innovative and out there and just trying things. And there, there might, the thing is, there might not always be a good idea. Like you look at Elon Musk, like he's always bordering, bordering on the edge of bankruptcy or super wealth. Like he's literally like the Iron Man, the Tony Stark of, you know, of the real world. He's all in. <laughs> Whether it he's fails all or in. not. He's all in. Yeah. He doesn't care. It's not about money for him. It's about, we don't have anything like this. And I think it would benefit the world. We have to make it. Right. You know, like he just, we need people like that. We need McFarland going, you know what? How do we, how do we make, how do we change comic books forever? You know, and then his, his, so he, he went bankrupt, right? He put everything into his company and kept reinvesting in his company, mm-hmm. probably paying the people that worked the part part of his team, paying them really well. Right. Cause you know, he, he didn't want to be, he didn't want to treat the people under him like he was treated. So when he was on bankruptcy and he had to file for bankruptcy and all this sort of stuff, I was like, well, what's he going to do? The comic market took a turn and you know, you know, comics were failing and Marvel almost, you know, declared bankruptcy themselves. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, you know what? I want to make action figures. So he started a company, McFarland toys and started making action figures. <laughs> and they're like, well, you can't, you because go. he wanted, he wanted action figures for his comic. And he, he would, you know, he would talk with all these manufacturers and like, okay. And it's like, but they're, they're looking like the same action figures we've had for the last 30 years. Like if you remember the old star Wars ones, the same they weren't very detailed. No. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, no, they would reuse molds all the time. And yeah. he's like, no, 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 I want, I want this. I want this. And he said, you know what, what I realized is if I want something done a particular way, it's just better for me to do it myself. So he started sculpting and making his own action figures uh-huh. and then his action figures, uh, action figures for adults, became mainstream he's the one that did that oh you know you like um 
you know, all those hockey action figures that you see, like super hyper detailed. Yeah. Uh, there's basketball ones, there's football ones, there's everything, right? right? Those are, those are him. He makes those. Really? That's his, that's his studio. Yeah. He doesn't do the bubble heads, does he? No, no, not the bubble heads. No. <laughs> but isn't that crazy though? Like he's like, well, the, the action figures haven't done anything. So now you can buy premium action figures. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of buying them for five bucks or 10 bucks, you can buy them for 30 bucks, 40 bucks, mm-hmm. 150 bucks, 750 bucks. That's how detailed they are. You know, it's, that's how detailed they are. You know, like, I don't know. I, I feel as a, as a society, we have to keep challenging things. And, you know, if, if the, if the people at Blizzard aren't happy, like they're, they're making the customers happy, but they're being ignored or they're being looked after and they're not happy, you know, then and the money is not there and they're not surviving. You know, sometimes you got to take a leap of faith and, you know, do what you're passionate about that seven days to die game would never exist. If someone, you know, if, if a bunch of independent people weren't trying to make a game, well, no one's made a game like this before, you know, they continuously looking for a game that does this and does that and does that. Like nobody's making a game like this. Well, let's just make one. I tried, you know, it's like, you I, did try it? I actually tried it. Yeah. Okay. We, we got to save that for next episode because I want to go into detail. Well, there's not much detail from what I played <laughs> because I couldn't find Dick all. I was trying to find a rock or something. I could, I was, well, I, I'm gonna, I was wondering everywhere. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to come over to your house and we're going to play it together. <laughs> if that's okay. Sure. <laughs> because there's, there's a learning curve to that game. Well, I mean, and once you get like, all, all once I need, you figure out how it works, you're going to go nuts with it. Well, all I need is to, uh, to go on YouTube and look at a couple of tutorials and, and I'm sure it'll, it'll get me going, but I had, I had loaded it just to see, you know, what it was all about and, and how it, uh, and you know, what was in it. And I don't know, I, I couldn't really wrap my head around it. I guess if I would have spent more time with it. It probably would have been better. So I'll, I'll probably have well, to. Well, and you're starting it. with the current version, which which is got so much detail to it. Yeah. Like the version we're playing is very simple. Right. Collect plant fibers. Well, how do you collect the plant fiber? Okay, I see grass. Well, that was I the first the thing grass. I was looking oh, for. I, just, I was looking for plant fiber because I didn't know I had to get plant fiber. <laughs> it was. Well, was, yeah. But but after I watched the YouTube video at the beginning, I was like, oh, okay. So I just got to start pulling grass. Yeah, and I'm thinking, uh, how fun is that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's, oh, it's like playing it WoW, and you're out picking picking flowers and and stuff. It's it, it, but it, it starts depends. off that way, and you're not really getting attacked by any zombies right away. No. So there's a tutorial in the first part. You get your accomplishments on the upper right hand side of the screen. It says you need to collect uh, whatever it is, 20 plant fibers or 25 plant fibers. Yeah, that was the first thing, yeah. And and I didn't get past that part because I couldn't that, find any plants. Yeah. And once it does that, then it gives, you know, but it all depends on where you spawn. But this is a whole big discussion on its own. Hmm. But I'm saying there would never be a seven days to die if, you know, a few people hadn't said, you know what? No, there, this game doesn't exist. I want this game. You know, and right. and, and it's pretty freaking popular so you know it's like you know do what you want like you know if if there's a, if there's a void out there of something then uh could just go do it yeah because you only live once yeah yeah like the book i'm writing i don't think anyone's written this kind of book before i think it's a little different than you know i, I i've looked for a book like this and i haven't found exactly the book that i'm writing well, so I was like, well, then I'm going to write it. That'll have to be part of your marketing. Yeah. And there's no book out there like it. Yeah. And there's no book out there like it because I haven't written another book. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I wrote the book, so therefore it's going to be unique. That's, you know, that's the thing to always remember. Like, if you're making or creating something, it's going to be unique because you did it. Exactly. Not somebody else because you did it. And you can be proud that you did it. Because there's so many people I see on Twitter, they're like, has, has anyone ever read a book with this sort of plot? 
because, you know, I, I don't want to start this book if it's already been written. And then everyone responds like, no, there's never been a book with that kind of plot that you wrote, but there's a book with a similar plot that someone else wrote. It's not the same book. Right. You know, like, yeah. Huh. Anyway, I'm going off on diatribes. Cool. Um, so much more stuff to talk about, but uh, let's cap it off here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's cap it off here. I'm going to go play some uh, Elder Scrolls Online with my wife. Okay. And the Jets are playing in about 10 minutes, five minutes. Perfect. Five minutes. Do so or die perfect. game. Perfect timing. <laughs> All right, then. All right. We'll talk to you later. Okie dokie. All right. All right. <laughs> later. Okay. Bye.